On Monday's show, I predicted that Don Staley and South Carolina's women's basketball team would finish 25-4 this season. But after what they did against Notre Dame, I just may have to recalibrate my expectations for this team. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Adrian Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast your first listener watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. On Monday's show, I did a little season preview and prediction for Dawn Staley and South Carolina's women's basketball program. And Coming off of a year where, yes, they went all the way to the Final Four, only losing that one game against Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes, and losing pretty much their entire starting lineup, I figured, and I'm sure that there were some other people out there that figured that this was a team that, sure, was still going to be really good, was still going to be very talented and deep, but at the same time, was going to need to take some time to learn how to play with one another, and therefore was going to drop a couple of games this season. I predicted that their final record for the regular season was going to be 25-4. and four. But after what they did against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish all the way in Paris on Monday afternoon, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there might actually be a chance that this squad that Don Staley is fielding this year, it could be better than last year's Final Four team. Why could this team be better than what they had last year? Because that would be pretty tough to top, some of you might be thinking, because that team had Aaliyah Boston, Victoria Saxton, Bree Beal, Zaya Cook. All those players went on to get drafted into the WNBA. I believe they had five or six draft picks in total, which was one of the highest totals that we've ever seen in women's college basketball history. But there is one thing that I do think this squad could be better at or could maybe thrive in more so than last season's squad. And the thing that I think really is the difference is that this team, I think, has more players that can pitch in. When you think about last year's team, despite all the names I just riled off, let's be honest, last year's team leaned heavily on a couple of players specifically when it came to their offensive production. And that was Aaliyah Boston, Zaya Cook, and at times, when she really was needed off the bench, Camilla Cardoso. They leaned on that and great team defense and a bunch of different lineups that had a lot of length and height in order to basically just overwhelm their opponents over the course of 40 minutes. And I don't blame Don Staley and her staff for doing that because they had the kind of roster to where they could do just that. But of course, when they got to the Final Four and faced Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes, and they had a game where, quite frankly, they just had to be just efficient offensively, they weren't able to do that. And that's what got them knocked out of the Final Four. But this year's team, I don't think, is going to be built that way. I think that this year's team has a chance to be way more balanced from an offensive standpoint. Because if you are basing this entire season off of just what happened on Monday 
This team has got, in my opinion, at least four different players that can lead this team in scoring on any given night. Camilla Cardoso is an obvious selection. Malaysia Fulwiley, who I'll talk about more in just a couple minutes, she definitely is someone that's going to help this team on this side of the court. Tahina Pow Pow was very impressed with what she did on the floor yesterday. And Raven Johnson, who seems like that she is way more confident in terms of shooting the basketball this year compared to how she played this past season. And not to mention, while this team might not be quite as good defensively as last year's team was, this is still a very good defensive team. This is still a team that is going to probably be in the top 15, top 20 in most major statistical categories on that end of the floor in women's college basketball this season. The big difference really is guards, whether by design or maybe by necessity, the guards for South Carolina's women's basketball team, they're going to be a bigger part of the game plan this season. It's not going to be just Zia Cook make plays happen in inside the circle and then Aliyah, we're going to just force feed you the ball and Camilla Cardoso, and y'all just go to work down low. That's not going to be this Gamecock basketball team this year. Camilla Cardoso is still going to be the focal point. She's still going to command the most attention, and that's obvious based on the way Notre Dame decided to try to play her at the beginning of the ball game on Monday afternoon. And she doesn't have the elite footwork of Aaliyah Boston, but she could still put in work because of her height and her great overall body dexterity, her ability to control her body and all the length that she does possess. But now you throw in all these other players who can both shoot and drive to the basket. South Carolina's basketball team, this could be a much more dangerous team and therefore a better team than what they had in 2022 through 2023. And the thing that impressed me the most about this team on Monday is the fact that this team played this basketball game against Notre Dame, a team that has a lot of experience and sure, did not have Olivia Miles in the game, but still had some pretty talented players on the court. They played against them like they have played together for several years. Not like it was just their first time ever taking the court together in a live basketball game. They did not let the high pace of the first quarter catch them off guard. Sure, defensively, it took them a while to sort of get adjusted to Notre Dame's players, but they answered, they counterpunched, they did everything that you would want an elite team, an elite program to do in a game like this. And they played a lot of team basketball. This was not a team performance yesterday where you saw a bunch of players try to make great individual efforts or try to basically just take over an entire play. I'm not going to name names, but there were times with the previous group where we did see this a fair amount in certain games. Some of it, of course, was deserved with some of the players that took some of those kind of shots and made some of those kind of plays. But others, maybe, they weren't quite in that same stratosphere. But this year's team, at least based on this first game, it's not going to be, hey, just one player get the ball and go to work. Maybe outside of Camilla Cardoso. Everybody is willing to pass the ball off and kick it out and let someone else take the shot. And that is exciting to see as a South Carolina women's basketball fan, if you are a fan, because you're going to see this offense, in my opinion, take that next step and be much more balanced in their attack this year. And part of that is going to be because of Malaysia Fulwiley. She was just beyond impressive. I, there's really no word that we can use to describe her performance on Monday afternoon. I will just say this, and I've done a show segment on this before. 
I think Malaysia Fulai is going to be the next great women's basketball player at South Carolina. And dare I say, I think she's going to join that elite company of Asia Wilson and Aaliyah Boston by the time she leaves Columbia. I do not know how in the world ESPN had her ranked as the 13th best prospect coming out of the 2023 recruiting cycle. No clue why that was the case, because I'm pretty sure that there are not 12 freshmen out there in college basketball, women's college basketball this season, that are better than Malaysia Full Wiley. I highly doubt that that is the case. And if that is truly the case, then uh, we're in for a treat this women's college basketball season. But the thing about Malaysia Full Wiley, she's got every tool in the toolbox that you could want out of a guard. She can shoot the basketball. She has unreal ball handling skills. She's got speed. She's got court vision. And at the same time, she's also got great hands defensively. She stole the ball six times yesterday. That's more impressive than anything else she did. Even almost the play where she did the behind the back and then up and under move driving to the basket coast to coast. Six steals. You don't see many guards get that high of a total in that category, especially nonetheless in their first game, collegially or professionally. Malaysia Full Wiley, she is special, y'all. She is absolutely special. And if South Carolina does get off the mat just like that, and maybe even goes all the way back to the Final Four and contends for the national title this year, she, in my opinion, will be a big reason why. I said 25-4 and four on Monday, and I tweeted it after or during the basketball game. Um, I'm an absolute idiot. I'm clearly a moron, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Because if this team plays the way they did on Monday this entire regular season, they are not losing four games. They might get beat once or twice, and that's it. This is a team where we actually we have to recalibrate expectations. I said Elite 8 should be the goal, and Final Four to kind of be a cherry on top of the season if they were able to get there. Now... I think it's fair to say this team deserves the goal of making it back to the Final Four. I think making it back to the Final Four would be a great accomplishment. I'm not going to say that making it to the Elite Eight would be a disappointment. I'm not going to go that far, but I think it is fair to expect this team to make it all the way back to the semifinals in the NCAA tournament this next March. I mean, look at these other teams. LSU, after the way they played against Colorado, do they scare you? No, they don't. UConn, yeah, they're loaded. They're stacked. They still got to play together, and you got them at home this year. And behind those two, sure, you got Kaylin Clark at Iowa, but they lost some key players from last year's squad. I don't see many teams that are going to stand in South Carolina's way. I just don't. I'm not going to dare say they're going to go undefeated again. They will probably slip up once or twice at some point this year. But number six in the country, they are not. They are a top four team at the minimum, and they will stay there for the rest of the season when this new Associated Press poll comes out this next week. Now, South Carolina's future looks really bright on the court for Don Staley and her women's basketball program. And when you look at the football team, I think it's the same case when it comes to this 2024 class. We've been talking a lot about some of these guys that are going to be coming to Columbia over the past couple weeks. And we're going to continue that conversation today with cornerback commit Braden Lee. What could he bring to this defensive secondary and the defense as a whole for South Carolina? We'll touch on all that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with 
any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The Carolina Panthers are playing on Thursday night against the Chicago Bears on the road in Soldier Field. The Chicago Bears are currently three and a half point favorites according to FanDuel. And the money line for the Carolina Panthers is set at plus 146. I know the Panthers have been bad this year, but the Chicago Bears, they haven't been that much better. So if you want to get 150 bucks, maybe you could put some $5 down on the Carolina Panthers plus 146 for Thursday night. If you want to look at any of the other games, well, now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. And before we continue, because this is a, this is a recruiting segment, I want to let you all know that this recruiting segment is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. So let's talk about three-star cornerback commit Braden Lee. Braden Lee committed back in the springtime here in 2023. And for the most part, he's been pretty solid with his commitment ever since he pledged to the Gamecocks. Now, Braden Lee obviously playing that cornerback position. I think that that is a big pickup, just positionally speaking, for South Carolina because You've got a lot of experience there at that spot. Marcel Dow, I believe, is a fifth-year corner in terms of his collegiate ex- experience. O'Donnell Fortune, he's in his fourth season. Could come back for a fifth year if he wants to. But nonetheless, it is very top-heavy in terms of the guys that have played snaps at that position for South Carolina's football team. So, Shane Beer and this staff knew coming into this cycle. They had to get some more guys at that spot. And Brayden Lee is certainly going to help them in that aspect. In terms of his biggest strengths... Kind of similar to a couple of other guys, there's two that stuck out to me. One, he's got pretty good ball skills from an athleticism standpoint. Brayden Lee has played a little bit of everything for his high school football team and Charles Herbert Flowers. He has played wide receiver, he has played cornerback, and he's also played some safety. And the reason for that is because he's got pretty good hands and hand-eye coordination all together. So this is a guy that can definitely help you out when it comes to pass defense, whether it's jarring the football loose on a really tight window throw or maybe even getting an interception for you as well. We all know how much Shane Beaver likes to talk about forcing turnovers on defense as part of that Beamer ball identity that he has established the past couple years. Brayden Lee is certainly a cornerback that can help you out there, but he's also a guy that can help you out in rush defense because this is a kid, listen, you look at his measurables, depending on where you look, he's listed at five foot, 11 and a half inches tall and 160 pounds. Somebody that has that little weight on their frame at cornerback, you usually would not expect that kind of guy to probably be one that wants to dole out the punishment on a football team. I can assure you though, that is not the case with Brayden Lee. Brayden Lee is not afraid of physicality. He is not afraid, excuse me for my dog shaking her collar all around. She, he is not afraid of doling out contact and trying to punish opposing wide receivers, whether it's on screens or if it's on run plays especially. 
And that is where I think he is going to help SAFCON's defensive secondary a lot in 2024 and beyond that season. Because he is someone that's going to bring, in my opinion, a bit of a moxie, a bit of attitude to that position group. And he can be a tone setter for that group and also the entire defense with how much he embraces the physical side of the game of football. That's not to say that some of the guys on this current roster don't have that right now, but I do feel like sometimes that, you know, there could be a bit more fire out of that group when it comes to rush defense. That won't be an issue with Brayden Lee once he gets to campus. So in terms of where he would slide in, again, I would definitely say he's going to slide in right at outside corner because he's got the height. In my opinion, he's got the overall frame in terms of his wingspan. He just needs to put on a little bit more weight because obviously you can't play SEC football at 160 pounds. You'll get killed out there if you're playing with that kind of weight on your frame. And that is why I say I think that Brayden Lee is going to have to redshirt in year one. I don't think he's going to play very much defensively at all. I think that he's going to obviously need to take some time to learn the playbook from whoever is coaching the defense. I'm not saying that to try to give y'all any, you know, morsel information. I'm just legitimately saying, you know, who knows what the case, what the situation might be there once we get to this offseason. But he's going to need time to learn the playbook one way or another. And he's especially going to need to spend some time in the weight room, putting on some good weight so that he can be ready for to be in every down corner and every down player in general in the SEC. So Braden Lee, in my opinion, a good pickup, especially in terms of the weakness of this football team defensively right now, which in my opinion is quite frankly, you know, rush defense has been better, but outside at the cornerback position at times, they've been a bit lackluster in terms of their tackling and sometimes in terms of, quite frankly, their willingness to try and just bring a guy down. And also, sometimes the fire, in my opinion, has not been there. Again, I'm not putting that all necessarily just the guys at that outside corner spot. They're certainly not the only ones that have had those issues this season. But it has been a spot where that has been glaring, in my opinion. Brayden Lee, he's going to come in. He's going to have an attitude about him. And he's going to be playing a certain way that I think will will quickly endear him to his position coach and the entire defensive coaching staff and his teammates. And if he works his tail off and he can put on some good weight this next offseason, then maybe not in year one, but year two, I could definitely see him taking the field a lot more for this South Carolina defense. Now, I talked earlier about Don Staley and South Carolina's women's basketball team, but they were not the only team that took the hardwood on Monday as Lamont Paris and his men's basketball team got off to a really good start for their 2023-24 season. Not going to talk as much about the game, but what should we expect from this basketball team? Could they exceed the expectations that have been placed upon them regionally and nationally heading into this winter? We'll touch on all that in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time. Now, Lamont Paris and South Carolina's women's basketball team, they will be playing a Hall of Fame game on Friday night against the Virginia Tech Hokies in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, some of y'all might be looking to do something on Friday night. Maybe you're trying to figure out if you want to go to the football game on Saturday, or maybe if you want to go check and see what Lamont Paris has got cooking with this men's basketball team. But maybe you're not quite sure yet what you want to do. If you're worried about maybe waiting too long before snagging a ticket 
for Friday night's men's basketball contest, you don't have to worry because Game Time is going to have you covered. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and then use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Let's talk about Lamont Paris and South Carolina's men's basketball team now, because I know that last season it was not always pretty for this program, but I think that with what Lamont Paris and this team did this offseason, the second year of experience that some of these players are going to have in Lamont Paris's system, I really and truthfully believe that this team is going to take a step forward in terms of their win-loss record in the 2023-24 season. When people and some fans, some fans, look at last year's team, they choose to focus on some of the lopsided losses that they had. And trust me, I understand. This team had some nights where they did not play well at all, where it almost seemed like they would have been better off not even showing up on the court. They had some blown out losses to, or blowout losses to Tennessee against Colorado State, George Washington, and Texas A&M. I believe all those losses were by 24 points or more. Two of them were by 40 plus, maybe even three, and one of them at least by 30 plus. So definitely was not always a great performance from this team this past winter. But what some people have not talked about as much are the good things that this team did. And the fact that there were some games that were really, really close to flipping in South Carolina's favor this past season. Think about this. South Carolina beat Clemson in their second game of the regular season. Clemson, as much as you might not want to admit it, they turned out to be a pretty solid basketball team this past year and just barely missed out on going to the NCAA tournament. The Gamecocks defeated Kentucky in Rupp Arena. They won in Kentucky. That is hard to do no matter who you are as a basketball program in Division I men's college basketball. South Carolina has only done it, I believe, twice in their history. The second time they ever did it was last season with that team under a first-year head coach. Pretty doggone impressive if you ask most people that follow this program. They did lose road games against Georgia and Vanderbilt, but they lost those road games in overtime. So they were literally just a player or two away from winning both of those contests. They lost to Arkansas and number two Alabama at home by two points each. The Bama loss also took place in overtime. They lost to Missouri by nine points. And that's not indicative of the fact that South Carolina, at one point, I believe, took the lead or cut the lead down to two with like six, five minutes left in the ball game. And that was on the road. And they lost to Mississippi State and Ole Miss by six points in one of their two matchups that they faced against those teams this past season. So my overall point is, if we're going to play the what-if game here, South Carolina, they could have actually finished with a winning record last year. Now, I get it. They didn't. They lost all those close games for a reason, and that is why they wound up being 11-21. and 21. But I saw a lot of people last year, I'm not going to say the entire fan base because I know that not all of you did this, but I saw a good amount of people basically saying, why are we having? Why do we have a lot of Paris as the head coach here? Why on earth 
Do we have a guy that was coaching at Chattanooga leading this basketball program? He's not the guy. He's not the man for the job. Saw a lot of that last season. And what I tried to say a couple times on here and through Gamecocks Digest articles that I've written is that Lamont Pears, I think he is the guy that can lead this program back to at least national respectability. I won't say national prominence, but being respectable in the SEC every single year and making it to the tournament more than once in like a 12, 13, 14 year stretch. I think Lamont Pears is definitely capable of doing that. I think he is a very smart basketball mind. I think he's a guy that the way that he coaches the game, he's got a great mixture of traditional old school values, but he also knows how to relate to modern players. There's not many coaches out there that have that kind of mixture that are made of that kind of fabric anymore. Lamont Paris is. He has the it factor, in my opinion, as a head basketball coach. And last season, despite the fact that he only had like four or five returning players from the previous year's team, brought in a load of new transfers, was implementing a new system for all of these guys, they were this close several times to beating teams that, quite frankly, on paper, they had no business even playing close to this past season. So now this season, they beat USC Upstate on Monday night by 29 points, I want to say. Now, some of you might say, that's not impressive. They should do something like that against those kind of mid-major teams. Last year, they were losing to USC Upstate at halftime. And they only beat them by 15 points. And that was like five, six games into their non-conference slate. Not their first game. So, that is clear marked improvement compared to what they had last year. They added a ton of experience this offseason. Miles Studi, BJ Mack from Wofford, Taylon Cooper from Minnesota, Stephen Clark from the Citadel. Those four guys bring 15 collective years of experience playing Division I college basketball to this program. And all of them are going to fill out a specific role for this team. This team is deeper. This team has more positional flexibility at the guard spot, especially And in my opinion, they've got more guys that can make plays happen. Last year, a lot of times, it felt like that this team basically was a team that solely leaned on Gigi Jackson and Michi Johnson offensively to make plays happen. Occasionally, Jacoby Wright had a pretty solid game, and occasionally, Hayden Brown would also show up. The thing with Hayden Brown was he pretty much had to use all of his experience to get open shots, to make plays happen. He did not necessarily have the athleticism of a Michi Johnson or a Gigi Jackson. He just did not have that combination like those guys did. But this year, you got more guys like that that can make an impact. South Carolina had four starters scoring double figures on Monday night. That is something else that I think should make you excited about where this team is heading. Because that shows, even in these kind of games, that some people might view as meaningless. This year's team... They are more balanced offensively. They've got more shooters on this team this year. They might be able to develop more of an identity. Whereas last year, it was sometimes just helter-skelter. Especially on the offensive end. And defensively, Lamont Paris is saying, I like where this team is at defensively. He thinks that they are taking steps forward on that side of the floor. That is important because, one, Lamont Paris values that more than offense. He is a defensive-minded coach, so... Defense, you better be excelling in that area if you're going to play consistently for him. And if he says they're doing well, I take his word for it. The other thing is, 
Lamont has proven at this point in his tenure, he is an honest coach. He does not try to mislead fans when he has these press conferences. He is going to tell you straight up how the team is performing and what is going on with the team behind closed doors in practice and all that. So when he makes comments like that, I usually I'd say take it at face value. Take it with a grain of salt. Not with Lamont. Lamont is very honest in terms of where his team is at when he makes those kind of statements. So if he is saying that, Combine that with the balanced offensive attack that we're seeing. Some better shooting, especially behind the three-point line overall from this team. Y'all, this is a team that's going to play spoiler this year. This is a team that's going to upset some other teams in the SEC Conference and could be a team that maybe keeps one or two teams out of the NCAA tournament by beating them. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a tournament team because they're not. It's not a tournament team. But finishing with around a 500 record, I think that that is absolutely in the ballpark of possibility. I think that this team can absolutely pull that off. 16, 17, maybe even 18 wins at the absolute max. I think that's the ceiling for this year's team. I think if this team only won 14 games or less, I think that would be disappointing. I expect at least four or five more wins out of this team this year. So... Some of y'all might not be going to these men's basketball games right now. Obviously, football season is still going on. And women's basketball, completely and just utterly killing it on the floor. But keep an eye out on Lamont Paris and this men's basketball program this year. I'm telling you, they're taking steps forward as an entire program. They're going to be way more competitive this year. And yes, they will still probably have one or two nights where they might not, they might have a lopsided loss. It will not happen as much this season as it did last year. I can promise you that with the makeup of this roster and with what I saw, at least based on Monday night. So, with that being said, that does it for this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Thank y'all so much for tuning in or for listening wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. What are your overall opinions on Don Staley and the South Carolina women's basketball team? Do you think that now it's fair to expect that maybe they can make it back to the Final Four? What about Lamont Paris and his men's basketball team? Do you think that they can finish around 500? Or do you think maybe they could have a even better season than that? And lastly, what are your thoughts on cornerback Braden Lee and what he could bring to South Carolina's defensive secondary and the defense as a whole in 2024 and beyond? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or again, you can shoot me a message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>